Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Ryan. I'm the, the student minister here. And this is the first time that I've been up here where we have sent the students away. Um, and so Pastor Zach, he, he normally is up here when the students get up to leave. And that was a, a terribly defeating uh, feeling, seeing all sorts of people leave um, when I got up here on stage. So maybe we'll rethink that uh, next time. But uh, Pastor Zach is not here. He's at a dance competition for one of his daughters, um, but he's still there, um, and so I get the opportunity to speak, and uh, really excited about that. Um, so like I said, I'm the student minister, and I've been in some form of full-time student ministry for a little over 10 years now, and, and, and I love it. I, I love student ministry. I love their realness, their rawness. I, I, I love that Sometimes they wrestle with big things and it's messy and sometimes they ask questions that like a normal human being would be like uncomfortable with. Like I love that interaction with students and, and in all student ministries, like the real heroes in the student ministry, like th- those are our volunteers. They are the coaches. They are the backbone to, to, to the student ministry. And like for us specifically here, we call them coaches and ours are some of the best I've ever been around. And so I just want to take a moment just to applaud our coaches and our leaders. They are just so, so awesome. Um, They are, yeah, they are on the front lines, like investing in our students. And they are on the front lines having real life, difficult conversations with our students. And it is just so awesome just to watch them do their thing and be a part of that. And so as the leader, and I have great leaders, obviously, um, when one of them or a group of them can't be there for whatever reason to our overflow, um, we do that on Sunday evenings. Um, when they can't be there for that, I get to step in, right? So that's cool. Um, last week, our middle school girl leaders were not able to be there. Less cool. Um, because now I'm in a room surrounded by middle school girls. And I'm going to take this moment to inform you, if you do not know any middle school girls, that they are the meanest and scariest people in the whole world. And so there I was in a room of middle school girls, terrified, 43 pounds of terror sat in front of me. And so we're having this conversation, a really great conversation about, like we're going through this series called Closer, and it's about getting closer to God. And so we're going through this series, and we're, we're having a great discussion on prayer and scripture, when one of them says, Ryan, were you popular in middle school? And before I could say, duh, um, one child um, may or may not have been uh, the pastor's daughter, maybe not, but more than likely, she laughs out loud and says he probably had a flip phone. <laughs> if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I have a flip phone, to a sixth grade girl, that is an incredibly hurtful thing for them to say. And I know this. And so I'm sitting there like, do, do I say anything? It's my, it's my boss's daughter. I mean, may or may not have been my boss's daughter. But do I say anything? Like, how do I approach this? And so I just left and cried. I'm just kidding. Um, but it was this, this moment and that I had to realize that sometimes humility keeps us in line. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so today, that's exactly where we're going. Humility. We are in week four of this series called Choose Joy. And it has been just an awesome awesome series. And we've talked a lot about what joy is and what joy isn't. And one of the things that I've loved the most and gotten the most out of this series is that joy is a choice. 
This is something we choose. Happiness is an emotion. It's, it's something like that just happens to us. Like one day, like you can wake up and you can remember that you're going to Waffle House and all of a sudden you're happy. That's hap- That's different. But joy is a choice. Joy is a conscious decision. Like I have to set things up in my life to bring joy to my life. And I have struggled with this throughout the series. And I just keep coming back to it and back to it. Joy is a choice. We have control if we are known as a people of joy or not. So uh, this week, like I said, we're, we're going to talk about joy in humility. And so before we go any further, let's just take a moment and just pray. God, we love you and we thank you for today. And, and Father, like that song just said, uh, we are here for you. God, we are here for no other reason but for you and for your glory. God, I pray for these next few moments. I pray that the things that, that we discuss, the things that we talk about would, would be to, uh, to glorify you in your name alone. God, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. So before we jump in, I just want to clarify. Um, sometimes um, when we think of humility, we think of things like um, beating ourselves down or not being boastful or not being too proud. Or, or maybe we think of this sin that, that keeps us humble, like maybe a specific sin that, that's going to keep us humble. But I want us to understand that it's not the sin that keeps us humble. That's grace. Grace is what humbles us. And so there's this book that I've started reading, and I've, I've read it for a number of years now, about once a year. I, I open this book up and read it, and it's called Humility by Andrew Murray. If you've never picked it up, if you've never read it, I encourage you to go get it. It's a short book, which is really awesome for people like myself. Uh, and so it, it's a quick read, so go check it out. It's called Humility by Andrew Murray. And it's a book that I read, like I said, about once a year. But there's a quote in it, uh, in the preface of the book. So like you're like, a page into this thing. And he's in the, the, the preface says, humility is not the same as beating yourself up or letting other people put you down. Humility is not the same as low self-esteem and it's not the opposite of confidence. In fact, the truly humble person walks with absolute confidence, knowing that we are simply empty vessels through whom God wants to accomplish his work. When we understand true humility, we understand that it's not about us at all. It's about God. And that is a tremendously freeing realization. So this is kind of our framework. This is where we're going. This is what I want us to, to wrestle with and discuss today. And so, we've, like I said, we've been going through the book of Philippians. And just to make sure that we're all on the same page, like I work with students, and so I like interaction, uh, to make sure... Um, trick question, who wrote the book of Philippians? Not a trick question. That was a joke. Paul, right. I heard someone say Paul. And who was the book of Philippians written to? <laughs> right, right, Philippians. There's a softball for you. Uh, and, and, and where did he write the book of Philippians? In prison. And the book of Philippians is about what? Joy, right. And so, so Paul writes this book in prison about joy. Just wrap your mind around that. Paul is in prison writing to a church about joy. I mean, 
I, I don't even understand. Like, I have no frame of reference for this. Like, it just doesn't even make sense to me, like, how in that moment you can choose joy, but he does. And so we're going to look at uh, Philippians chapter 2. Go ahead and open up your Bible, Philippians chapter 2, or turn your screen, or turn your faces towards the screen. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So when when we look specifically at verses 3, 4, and 5, there's a very specific thing that Paul is telling us. There's a very specific Line And he says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest. Take an interest in others and have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So, so what is Paul trying to say here? Why, why does this matter? What does being humble and, and, and being interested in other people's things have anything to do with themselves? This is, the, this is a, a really valid question, I believe. Like, what, do, what does this and this have to do with each other? And I think that in order to understand that, there's another quote by Andrew Murray, and he says, Our humility towards others is the only sufficient proof that our humility before God is real. Let me say this again. Our humility towards others is the only sufficient proof that our humility before God is real. So maybe we should back up a little bit more. So Paul goes through this list. He, he, he's saying these things, and then he drops the bomb of saying, have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Meaning this is the measure of our life. This is our bar. This is what we should aim for. If we, if, 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 if we focus our heart and our minds on Jesus and we try to have the same attitude, then everything else is going to fall into place. So a question like, do you struggle with elevating people because you know that you're not going to get noticed? If so, then you need more Jesus. Do you struggle with, with being genuinely concerned about people's hurts and cares and worries and, and like the realness of their life because you have your own hurts and fears and cares and worries and realness of your life? Do you struggle interacting with them because of your own things? You may need more Jesus in your life. So he goes on. He goes on in, in, in verse 6. He says, being, Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient 
to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the Father. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Can I be honest with you guys for a moment? I, f- I feel like I probably can, but just to make sure, like, I just feel like as if I need to confess. <laughs> Oftentimes I find myself trying to do th- or doing things because I'm trying to please God. Oftentimes I, I-, I find myself um, just like trying to earn love from my Savior. Like I, I volunteer for certain things or I, 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 I come in and I raise my hands in worship or I read my Bible and I, I, I do these other things. But the motive is so that Jesus will love me more. Or the, the, the motivation behind it is that, that God would love me more. The, when I do that, it minimizes what Jesus has done. When I try to earn love, it minimizes what Jesus has already done. Because I make it about me. I make it about what I can do. I make it about the things that I can get accomplished to make him love me. <laughs> when he already loves me. The Bible says when I was utterly helpless, when I was of no use Jesus came when I was of no use to God. Jesus came. It's so me like trying all of these things and doing all of these things just to make God happy. Like it makes, it makes it all about me. And I feel like that's probably where a lot of us would, would find ourselves if we're honest. But it's all about Jesus, and it has always been about Jesus. There's a quote that I'm sure that some of you have probably heard, and it says, May I never forget that on my best day, that I need God as desperately as I did on my worst day. (laughs) May I never forget that even when I'm on point, when I am doing everything that I need to be doing, when I am just like rolling in my Christianity, I am still not good enough. I still need God just as much. And when I forget that, I make it about me. And when you forget that, you make it about you, when it's always been about the beautiful name of Jesus. May we never forget that. So back to verse 6. Who being in very nature God, which essentially means God. So Jesus being God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped but made himself nothing, 
taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. How perfect is it that our salvation and our oneness with the Father and our union with God, that it comes through the man, Jesus. How perfect that his humility is the reason why we have union with God. How perfect. Jesus chose to come to earth. He chose to leave his, his divine privileges and his heavenly zip code to come and engage in the mess that we have here. He came as a servant in a lowly little manger. He left the the glory of heaven to come to earth to engage you and me in our brokenness. And that is a huge thing that we need to grasp. Because when we make Christianity about us and what we can do to serve him, then we make it all about us. I came across this uh, this line uh, this week that said, our pursuit, our pursuit of Jesus isn't as much a pursuit as it is realizing that he's always been there. Our pursuit of Jesus isn't as much of a pursuit as much as it is just realizing that he's always been there, that he's, that he's been there all along and our eyes just need to be opened to it. When we are struggling, when we are going through hard times, or maybe, maybe when we're walking this Christian line and we're doing it so well and we have forgotten about Jesus, maybe the best thing that we can do is just to realize that he's always been there. And when I say that, like, I, like I'm, I'm guilty of this. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of trying to do things, again, just to earn his love. But it's all about Jesus and it always has been. When we understand true humility, then and only then will we truly be free. When we understand what Jesus has done, then and only then will we truly be free. And so like, let, let, let's not forget verses one through five. Let's not forget the things that we're supposed to do and let's not forget to put people ahead of ourselves. Let, let, let's not forget these things. Let's not forget that stuff, but let's also not forget that there's not a single thing that we can do to earn the love of Jesus because it's already been done. One of my most favorite verses, promises in the Bible comes in 2 Corinthians 5. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for me and for you.
to hang on a cross and die a criminal's death for you and for me. May we never forget this. There's another line in Andrew Murray's book, and it says, I have lost myself in finding you. Are you there today? Can you say right now that you have lost yourself in finding Jesus? And finding out who he really is. Like, that there's no separation. That there, it is just Jesus. Have you found yourself there? So Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. What a beautiful name. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's going on in your heart. But I do know that we need to respond. As people of faith, of people that maybe this is your first time in a church, we, we have a response. For some of you in here, like maybe today for the very first time, you, 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 were, you know that you need to put your, your hope and your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that. Or maybe for some of you, like myself, maybe for some of you, you have realized that you have walked through life trying to please God and you have forgotten that it's already been about God and there's nothing that we can do to make God more happy because he just genuinely enjoys you. And maybe you've forgotten that. Maybe you have forgotten Jesus. beautiful, wonderful, powerful name. Pray with me. God, it's about you. And it always has been, and it always will be. And Father, forgive me for forgetting that. Forgive us we can so easily make it about us. And I pray for the people in this room right now, in this moment. I pray for for their hearts. God, I, I pray that if there is someone in this room that has not put their faith in you, God, that, that you would make yourself so incredibly clear and real to them that their only response is you. God, I pray that you would do that. God, I pray for the rest of the people in this room that have walked through life and have grown up in church and been around church for so long they can't even count. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts as well and that you would remind us that there's nothing that we can do to earn your love. 
that you did that when you sent Jesus. That was you saying, I love you. God, I love you so much. It's in your matchless name that we pray. Amen. We're going to move into some more worship and a time of response. And we have candles here at the front of the front of the stage that these represent two things. One, the red candles represent new life. Maybe today you put your hope and your faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time and, and it, you just need to go public with that. You, you need to light a candle to say like, yes, this is what I have done. We encourage you to light a candle. The white candles represent just a prayer. Maybe, maybe for those of you in this room that, that you know that you've, you've kind of sidestepped or gotten, gotten a little away from, from your path. Maybe you just need to light a candle to help you remember to turn your heart and your mind back towards God. I encourage you to do that. On the side of the, the room, there are two fences and some paper and some pens. And there's something special about writing out a prayer. If that's you, like I want you to write a prayer out. And I want you also to know that, that our staff, we pray over these things every single week. And so if there's something that you just need to write down, I encourage you to do that as your time of response. My hope and my prayer is that you would not leave this place the same. And that's our hope every week. That you would leave changed and challenged and on mission most importantly that you would leave knowing that you are loved so much by the beautiful name of Jesus. Stand with me as we sing.